promises, promises. We promise you a last stanza to the hymn, and it doesn't happen because the organ decides to go kaflui. Yeah. Weathermen, they make lots of promises. Promise good weather. Fast food, they promise you good food. Quickly, better day if you start with their breakfast. Yeah, just eat it right on up. Car ads promise you high tech and safety, better safety, and just think of that nice warranty that you'll have if you buy that new car. <clears throat> and let's not forget all those weight loss ads and all the promises they make us as well. You do these things and your life is going to be great. So how do they work out? Well, the weatherman gets it right an amazing amount of the time, but not always. And they can't change the weather, they can only predict what it might be based on a scientific model. That new car may have better technology, put the word better in quotes because some of it is so complicated you can't hardly figure it out as you're driving along and then you're distracted and the next thing you know, uh, driving is not easy. Uh, fast food, well, I don't know. I, last time I went to a fast food place, it was pretty slow actually. And uh, if you eat that breakfast every day, um, you're going to need one of those weight loss plans. It's the way it works. Promises? Yeah, there's a lot of them made all the time, every day. Uh, but how many of them are actually fulfilled? What came, comes to mind when you hear that word, that name, actually? Abram, or Abraham, as he's later known. Well, Abraham, Abram and Abraham are one and the same person. Just a name change, changed from exalted father to father of many. That's what Abram and Abraham mean in Hebrew. This man, Abraham, is... Well, we get to read of him in our Old Testament reading today at the very beginning of his life with God, the true and only God, as God comes to work in his life. So what comes to mind when you, bear, when you hear that name? Well, it's a famous name. Abraham is one of the most famous figures in the Bible, and his fame continues today. He is acknowledged by all of the great major faith groups uh, throughout the world, hundreds of millions of people acknowledge him as a father of faith. Who was Abram? Well, he was the son of a man named Terah. You may not know that name, but let me tell you this about Terah. He was an idol worshiper. Abraham grew up in an idol-worshiping family. Did you know that? Joshua said it later on, Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived in the land beyond the river and worshipped other gods. A foreign place to Israel, foreign gods that really were no gods, that is Abraham. Now, if you were God and you were to choose someone through whom you were going to bring blessings to many, is this the person you would choose? Doesn't sound like it. But the true and only God did choose Abram, later Abraham. And he 
promised to bless and through him uh, to bring blessings to all people. But you see, that's how God works. He does not call us based on who we are and what we can do. Rather, he is, uh, he calls us based on who he is and what he can do in us and through us. There was nothing about Abram that made him stand out, nothing noted about him that caused God to choose him. God simply chose him and through him gave the greatest promise of all. Blessing is a word that you hear throughout the Old Testament reading today, and it's a word we use often. What does it mean? Well, very simply, a blessing is a special gift from God. God promised Abraham three key blessings. One, he would have a family, and it would be a large family. Two, he would give his family a place to live. And three, a blessing would come through this family that he would give him and through this place that he had given him to live that would be for all people. As far as the promise of a large family, Abraham and his wife were not expecting any children for a couple of reasons. First of all, they were no longer young. Sarah was 65 when this promise was first given. Abraham was 75. And secondly, Sarah was barren. They were denied the gift of children. And so, children? We're going to have a big family? Wow, yeah, right. Well, in order to receive the second blessing, a place for his family to live, God said, get out the moving van. Call them up, have them start packing, fill those boxes. In other words, it's time to go. What, the, what did that mean for Abraham? It meant leaving his father's family and all that goes with it familiar faces and foods and friends, and go off to a foreign land in which to live. And so he went, along with his wife, his nephew Lot, we are told, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired. He had a great deal of wealth, apparently, and a number of servants who were loyal to him who also went along. Abraham went went to the land that God promised, that foreign land far from family and heritage. And there he lived in a tent. Couldn't even build a house. He was a nomad. Couldn't even stay very long there in that promised land. Remember what happened not long afterwards? A famine came on the land. And when that famine came, they went to Egypt as a later generation would. And there in Egypt, Abraham was afraid, and so he said of his wife, say that you are my sister so that I will not be killed on account of you. Because you see, Pharaoh, well, he noticed Sarah, that she was a beautiful woman. <laughs> Threw his own wife under the bus, so to speak, so that he might protect himself. But God blessed. And so Pharaoh's house was cursed, 
He was afflicted because of Sarah, found out she was married to Abraham, and kicks them both out of Egypt. The point of all of that that I want to make is simply this. It was not Abraham's faithfulness. It was not Abraham's good and godly life that fulfilled the promise. It was all, all of it from beginning to end by grace. And so they would learn as the years went by. And the years went by. And Abraham and Sarah had to wonder about God's promises. Oh yes, they went back and they settled in that land that God had promised. And it was a great place to live. Abraham became rich, rich in things. And as he grew to know the Lord more, rich in the life that God had given them and in the blessings that Abraham recognized came from God. He was rich toward God, and he was led ever closer to him and blessed through him and by him along the way with a faith and forgiveness and a life with many good things, but still no children of his own. How could he, through a descendant, be a blessing to all people as God had promised? And yet even in this, God was blessing with what? Blessing with faith. Hang on to the promise. It's coming, just isn't here yet, because God always fulfills his promises. And so we read in Hebrews, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. Abraham learned along the way that God is faithful. And so Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, as we read in Romans and as James tells us as well. Well, that doesn't mean Abraham never stumbled and fell. It means just what it says, that Abraham lived by faith in the forgiveness God gives in the fulfillment of his promises. And so it was that later, 25 years later, to be precise, they finally had a son, and they named him Isaac. And Isaac had a son when he was grown named Jacob. And Jacob later had his name changed to Israel, and so he had a son named Joseph. And finally, Moses led Abraham's descendants back from slavery in Egypt, back to the promised land. There in the promised land, judges ruled until God gave them a king, a king whose heart was turned to the Lord, who walked with the Lord, a king named David. And again, God gave a promise, the promise of a child, 
David, you're going to have a son who's going to rule on your throne forever. And much later, almost a thousand years later, a baby was born into this royal family. And you know his name. It's Jesus. That's the blessing to all. Because God sent his own son in human flesh, a descendant of Abraham, to be a blessing by grace, offering faith in that forgiveness of sins that Christ came to be and to offer to all. That's how we've become a part of the family, the family of Abraham, if you will, except now we call it the church. We have a place to live together here with God's people in the church, that is the one holy Christian and apostolic church. In other words, all people who believe in Christ. And we are blessed by God with his love and his strength, with forgiveness and faith. And in that faith, we believe and follow where God leads us today by his holy word, living in the power of his promises. Does that mean that everything in our lives is going to be easy and all our wishes come true? No. Does that mean that we will never experience pain or problems? No. Great spiritual thirst is all over our land. We live in a time when trials are plenty and when answers are few. We uh, all know the challenges with the fear that has come about with coronavirus. And as you watch the stock markets, and you can't help but do that because of all the news, you kind of wonder where are we headed. Of course, natural disasters continue. And as uh, a number of folks can tell you from the Mid-South, it's, it's tremendous destruction again and uh, many families grieving, not just the loss of property, but the loss of life as well. The constant polit political divide in this election year seems to grate on everybody's nerves because we've gotten down to personalities rather than policies, and good grief, when is it all going to end? How will we know God's will in the midst of all of this. God's will and way for you personally. How do you know that God is for you, that he's with you wherever you go and no matter what happens to you? How do you find direction for your path? Comfort when you are in pain and strength when you are weak. Well, when we go through the dark days of life, we need to ask, has God forgotten the promises that he has given? And the answer to that is absolutely not. Just like Abraham, he calls us to walk by faith, knowing that God is working all things out for our eternal good, that indeed he has already believing that in his time and in his way is the best of blessings, and receiving those blessings 
in the forgiveness and grace that we need to see us through our time of need while remembering that he offers to give back to us that promise of forgiveness and life. And to that we render thanks and praise for the promises fulfilled. So don't be afraid when you don't know exactly where God is leading you this week, this day, this month, this year. Trust him. He is trustworthy. The cross of Christ and his empty tomb are proof of that. Walk in faith, in confidence, in joy. You don't need to worry about what someone else might be doing. Rather, remember that God has promised to love you and to keep you and to bless you. Promises? Yeah. All of them fulfilled yet? Yes, but we're not quite there yet. Promises that come from a faithful God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.